Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live. You're joining us here for episode number 92, and we welcome you to walk through the forbidden door today. I'm Tom, joined as always by Jim. Jim, how you doing, bud? Good. Uh, thanks for that uh, quick catch. As I said, oh, here we go. Uh, we had a little uh, glitch here as we were starting. We were out of uh, storage space on our stream yard, so I had to delete a couple of broadcasts. They're still there on the podcast apps and YouTube and everything. Um, and then I wasn't sure if I had done enough, and so I had to click go live. And I said we were going live. So I was like, oh, here we go. Um, good catch. I am doing well. I'm excited to talk about this show. Uh, I'm excited that I am three matches up. We'll talk about that in a minute here with head to head. And uh, but I'm also excited to see how our picks go because as we've been talking about for weeks on this show, if not months, uh, this show is such a dart throw uh, because of the politics and things involved and and all of that. So uh, it's going to be fun just to have this conversation. I I feel like sometimes we come into these head to heads and we're like, boy, if we have one or two matches difference, you know, we'll be really surprised because they seem like um, foregone conclusions in a lot of the matches. And, and while I think there are some matches that feel that way, I definitely think there are some that could go a multitude of different ways. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out and what it means for our head-to-head. -head. Do we have enough differences in our head-to-head -to -head today uh, to give you a shot? And, and if we end up with three differences, we haven't even talked about a tiebreaker, although we'll probably do main event time or something. Um, but uh, do we need to do a tiebreaker? Or... Do we end this this podcast today at the at the end of this podcast? We're not ending this podcast, today. but at the end of this podcast today, will I have won the head to head because we don't have enough differences? So that's gonna be those would be some big stakes. Whoever wins the pickums gets to say whether we continue or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wow, we went from a wrestling figure to the future of this podcast. <laughs> Hopefully, we'd both say continue, but you know, I don't know. Thankfully, that's not what's on the line, so we won't have to find out. Well, before we get to head-to-head, a couple other just kind of uh, things we wanted to touch on. The first two probably be very short, and then I want to hear uh, your thoughts on Warrior Wrestling that you attended last week. You've got a gamut of uh, wrestling you're getting to attend here in the next, between last week and the next couple of weeks. So uh, I'm excited to hear live re reactions from some of those things. Uh, but let's touch on maybe some not awesome things. And the Vince McMahon story that broke uh, last week and then last Friday, Vince McMahon, uh, there's an investigation into an inappropriate, perhaps inappropriate, allegedly inappropriate relationship, or at least payouts uh, around that. Um, and he stepped aside as the CEO and chairman of the board of WWE. Uh, Stephanie McMahon placed in that role, did not step aside from his creative duties. So really what's changed? But um I don't know. What were your thoughts when this all kind of broke, Tom? And what were your what was your reaction? And then, of course, Vince appears live on SmackDown and Raw to do whatever it was he did. Yeah, I'm going to go backwards, then forwards, um, which may not sound like it makes sense. But I hope when I talk about it, it makes sense. Um, back, backwards meaning like just talking about the fact that he showed up on SmackDown and had to have FaceTime, for lack of a better term, and I believe he did so on Raw as well. I didn't watch Raw, so I don't know. Um, I mean, when you think of Vince McMahon and his ego, and then you think of that action, you shouldn't be surprised. Um, and I'm not saying you, Jim. I'm saying you, the listener, or anyone probably who's kind of had 
an idea of the trajectory of the Vince McMahon narrative of what he is and who he is. And I'm sure we don't even know the full scoop. Um, all of that being said, it connects back to probably this situation, unfortunately, in these allegations, because I think, unfortunately, sometimes, um, and we'll make it more than just pro wrestling or Vince McMahon centric in this space, but we'll drill back down to him. You know, if you have power, if you have authority, if you have money, you often think that you are above board or above the rules. And whatever comes out in this investigation, I'm sure there's some of that in play here. I don't want to really speculate or talk about it further. Uh, I I would love if this were to be the reason or the action that causes WWE to move forward to a new era with Stephanie at the helm. Uh, because I think that Stephanie then brings in her husband, uh, who's already kind of in the mix, but also, you know, with Vince, with Vince alive, which is sound going to sound really bad. I don't want, I don't wish ill will on him or anyone, but with him still um, being upright and and of and of some uh, mind, I don't want to say sound. I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to say sound body and mind, right? Um, and again, like you said, if he's still connected to creative you know we're never gonna get any, any anything any new any new ideas or new vision until until that chapter closes so um you know we're gonna let due process play out i imagine you know when the wall street journal is breaking the story and espn is carrying it it's a pretty big deal so um you know i i hope that the action he took to step down or whatever the board required isn't just for show i have a hard time believing it. a lot of it's not how about yourself? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like it was for show, just my opinion. Um, you know, as you listen or read things like he, had, you know, Nick Khan is doing so much of the business day-to-day -day stuff uh, in WWE that what did he really give up as CEO? He, he still has controlling uh, shares of the, of the stock. He still has uh, all the voting power basically on the board of directors or, you know, as, as a shareholder to vote in board of directors. So he still has all of the control in sell shares. Um, he still has creative control. I, yeah, I, I think it's interesting that it's Stephanie because she had stepped away from WWE. And then, you know, not even a month later gets, gets put into this role. Um, is Stephanie really gonna make any moves that her that Vince is not a part of, or Vince is not in favor of, uh, you know, and what, what moves can she make? Again, from the creative side, from what we see on TV, Vince is still in control. He's re retained his creative spot. So I, well, I don't think anything's going to change. And, and I think, I think the, the more surprising thing that I read coming out of all of this was, uh, you know, in Stephanie's kind of step back a few months ago, I read, I didn't dig deep and try to investigate, but I had read that there were, there was possibly a story planted that she wasn't good at her job. And there was some like issue there, which is, I mean, I'm not saying she is or isn't qualified. I, I have no idea. I have no basis for, for understanding or, or, or assessing that um, sure. from where I sit. I would be surprised though, that because of her history and the connection to the family, um, and that and, and who she's married to and just all of those factors that 
for her to be unsuccessful or, 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 or not good at what she was doing or to not try to get better seems weird, seems out of bounds. Yeah. And I've read, there's, there's reports that that story was planted. There's reports that maybe it wasn't like, it's all so muddy. And I feel like it's, I feel like in some ways, all of those things are because the investigation had begun because the investigation started back in April. So this, this has been going on for a little while. It just kind of fully came out last week. Um, and I feel like some of that all was done to like, is very political if in some ways of like, well, we know this is going to come out. So looky over here, this thing's going on. Um, you know, like distracting your dog when, you know, they're, they're fixated on something and you're like, Ooh, shiny over here, over here, over here. I, I just feel like that was kind of what this all, I don't know. You know, it's not great when the report comes out that, you know, this, this woman had a, a good salary. And then the minute that the relationship started, it got doubled. Like that's, that's not great. It's public and it's a publicly traded company. Like that's not great. A private company, but again, you are beholden to your shareholders and you gave somebody a hundred percent raise simply because they were sleeping with the boss. Like that's not good. If, and, if true, if true, I should say that if true, that's not good. And how, and how, how the, how the lack of awareness in a publicly traded company that that wouldn't ever surface. Right. Right. Things come out people. Um, I just, I don't know. Like you said, if this, if this could be the catalyst to change and to Vince going away, but I, Vince isn't going to go away until Vince wants to go away because Vince has all the power. Like I said, he still controls 80% of the votes um, of the shareholders. So literally holding stock in WWE is holding stock and maybe you get a dividend, you get your 12 cents per share, but um, you don't have any voting power. Vince has 80%. So literally every other shareholder in the company could vote you know, whatever, and Vince casts one vote and it's 80% and it wins. So it doesn't, doesn't mean anything in the long run. Um, and so that's why I was a little bit like, okay, he stepped aside. But did he, you know, I mean, in name, sure. Um, and then you don't actually even put the guy who's really running everything in as the CEO. I, but this is my opinion. I think because he might actually do some things, you know, that, that you don't want him to. Um, and so you put your daughter in there who probably isn't going to uh, rock the boat too much. Now they might make a move or two and say, Oh, this is Stephanie as CEO doing this. You know, look at, look at how she's taken the bull by the horns and whatever, but you're going to be hard pressed to make me fully believe that Vince isn't, pulling those strings behind the back to, you know, too. So until he sells his shares, which literally would be a sale of the company, um, he's still got the power. It's just what it is. So enough about Vince. Let's move on from Vince. Um, I don't know what more we can say on Sasha Banks, but there are lots of reports that she has been released and then other, nothing's confirmed. She's still on the WWE roster as of last I heard. I haven't looked this morning. If Sasha Banks is released, but let's go in fantasy world for a moment, Tom. If Sasha Banks is released, do you think she ends up in AEW or do you think she just does more of the Hollywood stuff and kind of does waits until WWE calls her for WrestleMania? 
Yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. I, 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 I want. I don't know what her motivations are and what her passions are, right? So, she clearly dabbled in the Hollywood thing with. I want to think. I think the Mandalorian was the first opportunity yep. that she got, and I think that from that, there's been more. And I mean, she's in the Star Wars universe. That's pretty big. Yeah, it is. Uh, so all of that being said, like, was that enough of of the bite of the apple to, to LOL, big, big apple, Hollywood, ha ha ha, funny story or funny analogy, Tom. Um, big apples in New York, what am I talking about? Um, was that enough to, to go, okay, hey, you know, I don't have to abuse my body, for lack of a better term, you know, take the, take the punishment of pro wrestling. I can make all of this money and do this, you know, not, not, not trying to compare Sasha Banks to The Rock, but, you know, the rock has clearly taken a persona and an identity and an image and then translated that far greater than anyone previous to him. Could Sasha Banks be the female version of that? I don't, I don't know why she couldn't be. Um, but I don't know that she wants to be either. I'd love, I'd love to see her in AEW because of the matchups. I think a Sasha Banks, Britt Baker, uh, feud or, or issue um, short term or long term would do wonders for Britt Baker oh, I, there are lots of matches there that would be very tempting you know Sasha uh, Britt, Sasha Thunder Rosa Sasha Sheeta um, Sasha Tony Storm which we never really got in WWE um, I, and I'm missing a few Sasha Mercedes, Sasha Serena um, and, and apologies for the ones I'm missing, um, but uh, yeah, it it it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And like you said, what are her motivations? Because uh, Sean Rossap often says he does not uh, try to guess the motivations of people who are creative and people who have money, um, because their motivations may be very different. Um, you know, Kevin Owens is a perfect example of that. Some people were saying, oh, creatively, he should absolutely go. To AEW, and you and I kind of really wanted to see him go to AEW and be Kevin Steen unleashed. I think we can infer that some of his motivation was financial security for the future of his family, and I can't argue with that. You know, um, he wants to make sure his family is set for the rest of his life and and into you know the next generations. Hey, who can argue with somebody who wants to do that? And so. He stayed in WWE, you know, got apparently a really good offer. Worked WrestleMania with Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, can't really fault a guy who gets a chance to do that. Um, and now is in, you know, I don't know, a fun feud with Elias and Ezekiel. Elias came back on Monday with the worst beard ever. Um, and maybe Elrod is coming in on Monday. We don't know. There might be a third brother, it sounds like. So, um, and he's, 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 taking what should be a terrible angle and made it really fun actually because and and kudos to Elias as well uh, but anyways that, we're not talking about Kevin Owens here we're talking about Sasha Banks that was just my example though of the motivation piece um, so I agree with you that, that's a really good point Tom the motivations that Sasha has uh, clearly she was oh, I'm going to say clearly clearly from the reports allegedly there we go she was not happy creatively right now in WWE now can cooler heads prevail and can they come to an agreement that she's more happy with creatively? Absolutely. Um, 
my they're not going to give her her outright like no 90 day 90 day no compete no 90 day no compete release yeah what am i saying you're not showing up at forbidden door that's what i'm saying she's not showing up at forbidden door not showing up at blood and guts at the earliest is going to be 90 days before we see her because they're going to want to let her cool off as much as they can before she could show up for AEW or, or anybody else for that matter I, I could be totally wrong, but if I'm Sasha Banks and I want to do something in wrestling that's not in WWE, I can't imagine it's anywhere but AEW. I can't see her in, in Impact or NWA or those just feel a little too small potatoes for her. And Tony Khan, frankly, can offer her the most money out of anybody. So um, probably more than Vince in all honesty. But um, so we'll see. It'll be interesting to see. I'm a big fan of Sasha. I like her in the ring, you know. I, I wish I wish her nothing but the best, and I hope she figures out what it is she wants to be doing in her life and then does it. And if that's wrestling, great. And if it's something else, good for her. Because um, she certainly, everybody has that right, and she has it as well. So far be it from us to say what Sasha Banks should do. All right, Tom. Warrior Wrestling 23. 23. Uh, 24 is this weekend. That's right, in Chicago. Um, 23 was in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah, yeah, it was in Grand Rapids. Why do I not think that was from Grand Rapids? It was in your backyard almost. It was. Uh, it was, last yeah. Weekend. And uh, you got to go along with our friend Glenn, uh, which probably the first time you've seen Glenn in a long time. Uh, yeah, so since since the Ring of Honor War of the Worlds show from May of 2019, it's the same venue. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So almost just a little bit more than three years to the day. Three, three, like three years in one month, I think, give or take. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, granted, it's been six years for you and I since we've been in the same place. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. but uh, but we're at the same place here with on two spot monkeys every week. So, cheap plug um, to people who are arduous. But um, so, tell me your thoughts, Tom. Warrior Wrestling. They had that War of Attrition match as the main event. Uh, they had a number of other, you know, what looked to be really interesting matchups on the card. So what was your first impression of your first Warrior Wrestling show? Overall, it was a really fun show uh, it, and a really tight show. Um, it began a little bit late. Um, I'm going to get I'm going to call him the promoter or the owner or both. He came out right as doors opened. doors opened a little bit late. And the communication was, well, we had to delay the meet and greet which if you pay an extra $100, you can go in and meet and greet all of the talents and get autographs and whatnot uh, and buy merch. Uh, so get, getting into the building was a little bit delayed, but you know the conversation was you know, some of our talents were delayed. We you know, pushed back the meet and greet, therefore, yada, yada, yada. Um, the show began, though, right on time um, when they said it was going to begin at 7.30, right on time at 7.30. And then it was done right around 10. So a nice tight two and a half hour show. Uh, again, I live incredibly close to where the venue was. So I was home in 10 minutes, which was amazing. Uh, rare, rare is the opportunity um, that I can go to a show and, and be home so quickly. Um, so that was super nice. I surprised my wife, which was even better. So she's like, wow, you're home really early. I'm like, yep, yeah, super, super fun when it's at, you know, in your backyard. Uh, leading up to the show, I, I wasn't like, overwhelmed by like the card and and that's not a dig it's just there's a lot of people that i wasn't familiar with 
Casey Navarro being one of those. But I was excited to see him because I saw him at MLW or on MLW a few weeks ago. And I was like, okay, that's someone I'm interested in seeing live. And so uh, the, the, the big matches that were announced were Brian Cage versus Casey Navarro because they've had an ongoing feud. Um, Sam Adonis defending his Lucha, a uh, Warrior Lucha title against Ray Leon. And then the War of Attrition match, as you mentioned. And the War of Attrition match originally was going to have Will Ospreay, Davey Richards, Swerve Strickland, Jeff Cobb, Lance Archer, Matt Cardona. Uh, Jake something and... Brian Pillman Jr. Brian Pillman Jr. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. And by the way, your mic is uh, the one. The one day I don't a little bit all show, but I was like, yeah, it's picked up more now. The one day I don't I don't shave before we record, right? And the stubble gets us. Uh, And in that World Attrition match, it's eight guys who are randomly paired on teams of four. Teams of four battle the winning team. uh, Um. Eliminates the losing team, of course. The pinfall winner then gets to choose their partner, and then it's two on two, and then the team of two wins, and then it's those two that square off for the Warrior Rest- Wrestling Championship. Will Ospreay was the Warrior Wrestling Champion coming into the show. Matt Cardona had uh, been pulled off because of his injury and his surgery a few weeks ago. The The replacement for his spot was awarded to the winner of the Cage-Navarro match. And then on the night of, uh, we were informed as the show was starting inside that Davey wasn't going to be there, which is um, disappointing because I was excited to see Davey Richards. Uh, it, more disappointing for Glenn. Glenn has now been to two strip warrior shows where Davey has had to pull off um, in like literally the days or the day of the event. So I made a joke with Glenn. I said, hey, you know, next time you go to a, a show where Davey's advertised, you'll be lucky if he shows up. Um, and then... Uh, for Davy's spot, they said the winner of the Sam Adonis Ray Leon match would now gain entry into the War of Attrition. Uh, so, Casey Navarro, Brian Cage was the opener, and it was good. And I and I thought it would be the opener because I thought, okay, if these guys are going to be in the main event, you want to have them on early because you want to have them rest. It was interesting though; they didn't do that with the Sam Adonis Ray Leon match. Um, Casey Navarro also has a Warrior Wrestling medallion, which is akin to Money in the Bank. And I wasn't aware of like the history of that, but he's held it for about a year from what I learned uh, as the night went on. Uh, Brian Cage wins that match and um, offers his hand to, to Navarro post-match. Navarro slaps it, walks away. Um, so again, seemingly telling you that their feud is going to continue. In the Sam Adonis-Ray Leon match, Sam Adonis went and did a flip dive onto the floor, and his feet caught the top rope as he was going through. And he landed, and you could hear his head bounce on the floor. It was like, if you think of where I was sitting in the ring, which was facing this direction, um, uh, uh, side of the hard cam, he did the flip opposite the hard cam, and he, like an L shape away from me. I, I cringed the minute his head hit the floor, because I knew it wasn't good. Like, you could you could hear an audible crack. Um Amazingly, he got up and continued to wrestle. Um, there was blood coming down and um, and some swelling. And good or bad or otherwise, at one point, audibly, whether this was picked up on the show or not, he goes, yeah, I got a concussion. Like, and not something that you want to joke about, of course, in this day and age. But for what happened, I wouldn't have been surprised for him to have been knocked loopy. 
Um, and they continued on and then he won, which probably was the plan the whole time, I'm going to imagine. But then to think that they didn't they didn't end quicker to give him a chance to recover, knowing that if he was going to be winning in, in the main event later on, just to make sure he was healthy. Uh, so that was that was interesting. Uh, you know, other things on the card, um, Myron Reed and Dante Leone uh, fought violences forever. Uh, that was a fun team. Um, I like actually Kevin Koo quite a bit. I've never seen him live. I've never seen him on, on tape either. So Kevin Koo was a talent that I liked seeing. Uh, and then there was Chelsea Green versus Trudy Lynn, which is Trudy Lynn's out of David Richards, uh, Team Ambition uh, School. Not a bad match at all. Uh, Chelsea Green's a good heel. And then Athena versus AQA. The whole gimmick there is Frank the Clown, which is he's supposed to get heel heat, but it's it's something different than that. Even though I think that he does get heel heat, um, he had acquired AQA for the night to try to unseat Athena. Um, he had been trying to do the same thing with Thunder Rosa previously. Then Athena beats Thunder Rosa. Um, anyway, Athena wins. It was kind of a sloppy match. Um, and, and, and again, it was the whole issue around Frank the Clown and some other guy that he's with. Um, it just wasn't, wasn't that great. So, um, I think if you wanted the best wrestling, you would have gone Athena and Chelsea Green. Again, you can't probably, you know, give us that from from the jump. I because if there's long-term storytelling or a long-term booking that the promotion wants to do, they they'll do that. Uh so we get to the War of Attrition match and man, there was some beef in the ring. Uh you know, Cobb, Archer, Jake something, uh just some massive guys. I was thrilled, of course, to see Will Ospreay. That was, you know, when when he was the first name announced. And so that was the reason why I paid the money for my ticket. And I thought anything else above and beyond yeah. Will Ospreay was going to be um, icing on the cake. And you said front row, right? I did sit front row. Yep, yeah, yep. And those tickets were, were $100. So, so that's a big investment, right? So I'm not paying that for... AEW this week. I, I probably would have, but their front rows were pretty expensive at uh, Little Caesars Arena. Um, and then I'm also sitting front row for GCW this coming week and didn't even come close to that. Now, granted, the talent level at Warrior and the names, if you will, compared to what we're getting thus far for GCW don't match. I'm hoping there's... I'm, ho I'm, I'm hoping worried about your GCW show. I gotta uh, be honest. I'm hoping there's more to come. So I will say this. Um, I am a huge, huge fan. I've said it here before of Nick Wayne and I love Alex Shelley and the fact that they're in a three-way with Jordan Oliver. I, so that would be great. I'm convincing myself that that's worth the price of admission and anything else I get is good to go. So maybe that's just positive self-talk for me. Um, may, may, maybe I need to do that to feel better. I don't, I, we'll see. Um, we'll talk more about that next week. Uh, yes. So the, the main event, what the main event was good. Um, uh, there was a really cool dive sequence that led to the first pinfall. Uh, Pillman pinned Adonis. Pillman pinned Adonis, and then by by virtue, he chose the team with Osprey, and then it was Osprey and a, and Pillman versus Swerve and Jake something, and then uh, Pillman had the pinfall um, in the tag match. Uh, but Osprey stole it uh, using the hidden blade, and then he got the pin. Uh, the, the the fun part of that segment of the match was the interaction and the the um, it, um, wrestling between Swerve and, and Osprey. That's that's really what I was hoping for. I was hoping for a singles match between those two when this when the talent was first announced. I'm not upset with the War of Attrition match. It's kind of the, the Warrior Wrestling staple. 
so then it comes down to Brian Pillman and, and Will Ospreay. And, and because he had hit the hidden blade, stole the pinfall, it was like Will Ospreay was definitely going to retain his title. Well, then they're going back and forth and they're having some hope spots with Pillman kind of seeing, can he come from behind? And then lo and behold, he's getting ready to go and do a move off the top rope. And Casey Navarro shows up. Casey Navarro shows up and, of course, has his medallion, and he says he's going to cash that in. So akin to Seth Rollins joining Brock and Roman at WrestleMania Play Button a few years ago, he has now made this a three-way match. And he shoves Will Ospreay off the turnbuckle. Will falls to the floor and through a table that was set up. So that, in effect, removes Will Ospreay, who is the champion, right? Champion does not to be pinned to lose the title. So Navarro, back and forth with, with Pillman, isn't automatically dominant. Cage comes down, grabs Navarro by the throat, building off what they did earlier. It's a swerve. Uh, Pillman power bombs. I'm sorry, Cage power bombs. Pillman Navarro pins Pillman. Navarro becomes your champion. I like Casey Navarro. I like what I saw of him uh, in person. I, I think if you're going to, you had to move the belt off of Osprey as the promotion because of the other things he has going on. Now being the IWGP United States champion. This was a very smart way to make that happen. So overall, uh, the storytelling throughout the show, specifically as it pertains to Casey Navarro, made a lot of sense. And, and I think puts him and his spot at Warrior Wrestling something to keep an eye on if you're interested in this promotion. I know they're already coming back, like you mentioned, with 24 this coming Sunday uh, that precedes Forbidden Door or right across the street in Chicago. And his first defense is against Mike Bailey. That's going to be a, a great, great match. So... Uh, overall, happy. Uh, I hope they come back to Grand Rapids. They actually, the venue that they were at was called the Delta Plex Arena. The Delta Plex is closing. Uh, so this was the last professional wrestling show uh, ever to be held at the Delta Plex. As I mentioned, I saw Ring of Honor there in 2019. I saw TNA there. I want to say back in 07 or something. I don't know, maybe 09. Really weird. It came up in my Facebook memories a couple days ago. I literally can't remember anything other than i do want to say they had the six-sided ring which was just super weird to see live um so yeah that there there it is awesome i warrior is one of those um i never when i lived in the area i don't remember when they started they might have started after i left it's been almost eight years now um i wasn't super familiar with them early on and then kind of there was a little bit of buzz and, and they were doing some like dream match stuff that i was like holy crap um, and they continue to do that. I mean, they have a six-man on this show on this weekend, Tom. Blake Christian, Fuego Del Sol, and Nick Wayne versus Myron Reed, Trey Miguel, and Zachary Wentz. What? Yeah, that's, <laughs> a, that's a great, great – again, I, I made a comment earlier in the, in the group that we're part of that talks a lot about wrestling that this show this weekend – not like my card was nothing to scoff at, but this show right. this weekend is, to me, like – from a rest of in-ring wrestling standpoint, much more desirable. And the crazy thing is you, you, you say that, and I don't think you're wrong at all. There's no Will Ospreay. There's no Swerve Strickland. There's no Jeff Cobb. There's no Lance Hart. Like there's a lot of big names that you saw in Grand Rapids that are not working the Chicago show. Many of which, because they're busy working for AEW that weekend, and AEW is not going to um, risk, you know, somebody getting hurt before their show. Um, in New Japan as well. Um, so there's really, there's nobody on this show that's working Forbidden Door, at least that's announced. I mean, obviously somebody could show up. Not that most of these names would be like, I don't think any of these guys are facing Zack Sabre. Let's talk, we'll talk about that in a little bit. 
Um, although Mike Bailey, Zach Saber, not at all what Brian Danielson, you know, had suggested, but I, I would like to see that match someday. But um, I don't, I don't think we'll be seeing it this coming weekend, uh, if nothing else, because Mike Bailey assigned to Impact Wrestling. But uh, Bailey, I, it's only six months in. We're on June twenty third right now as we record this. There will be an argument to be made that Mike Bailey could be the wrestler of the year for twenty twenty two. That's let me just throw a hot take out. He has been phenomenal across like 900 companies this year. Um, and Impact was smart to sign him because if not, I'm quite sure Tony Khan would have thrown money at him by now. So kudos Impact. You, you, you snagged him before he got as red hot as he is right now. Um, I wish I wish I had access to access. We've talked about this before. Because man, a company with Josh Alexander as your world champ and Mike Bailey as your X Division champ, I'm interested in a company like that. Like, I kind of want to watch those uh, shows. And I know there are other ways to see it, but when I got to work harder, I don't have, I don't have time to watch it in the first place. So now if I got to work harder to try to get it to watch it, like, it's just not going to happen. So put it on YouTube, Impact. That's all I'm asking. Um, give it away for free. Don't make me pay for it. Um, well, thanks for sharing those, Tom. And it'll be interesting to hear uh, your GCW thoughts, just programming note as we uh, get ready to start talking head-to-head -head here. Uh, we will be recapping this show and making our head-to-head -head Money in the Bank picks late night next Thursday, the 30th, uh, is the current plan. Is that still the plan, Tom? Yep. Okay. <laughs> as I'm saying it live to everybody, I'm like, we didn't actually confirm that. Is that still the plan? Um, sometime after around 10 o'clock Central, 11 o'clock uh Eastern, however, that could change slightly depending on uh, when Tom gets back to his undisclosed location from GCW. Um, so if they happen to run a little later, then it might be a little later. But uh, GCW in Detroit, which, yeah, like I said, Tom, I I feel like if Minoru or somebody was going to be working that show, they've announced it by now. But I could be wrong. Maybe they maybe they'll throw something together. But and what's crazy for me, just when you think of the names, they're in St. Louis the next night now granted st louis from detroit is a, is a good drive but the names that are on st louis a lot of the normal like regular gcw names effie alley catch um i could go on but i'll just start with those two the fact that they're not announced for detroit is surprising to me yeah i agree um and i don't know if that's got something to do with you know it being a thursday and maybe some of those folks have you know real life jobs um that that doesn't allow them to get away on a Thursday. And I'm totally just, you know, spitballing there. Um, yeah, but I mean, you've got an ultraviolet title match between Alex Cologne and some IWA Mid-South guy we've never heard of, although apparently IWA Mid-South's dead again. Um, that Alex Shelley, Jordan Oliver, Wayne triple threat, which looks great, three-way. Hoodfoot versus Slade, Mercer versus Akira, Ninja Mac versus Calvin Tankman, I think is going to be a very interesting styles clash. I think that'll be fun um you know ninja mac's gonna fly all over that ring for tankman i'm sure and make him look like a million bucks um and then you just got los maquizos i don't know how to say that of sierra uh, miero extreme and ciclope versus janella and cole radrick which is just a really strange tag team and i think they've actually got a match then in the uh, is it the tennessee show the rock and roll express show whenever that is in a couple of weeks I think Janelle and Radrick have a one-on-one -on -one match. So I feel like don't that be shocked to see Joey. 
Yeah, I feel like that Rock and Roll Express show was right before the 4th of July. I feel like they go Detroit, St. Louis, and then Evansville, which is where that yes. rock and I think that's yes. Sunday. Sunday it's the, the third. third. Yep, yeah. it's the third, yeah. now that you say that. Yep. Yeah, so, um, you know, a couple of days later, they've got a singles match, I believe, on that show. So uh, don't be shocked when Joey Janela super kicks Cole Radrick, because um, it's coming. All right, let's talk about what we're here for, because... We've got a little bit of a time crunch today, so and we got 10 matches because it's AEW and we have to stack the card and all of that. Um, hey, you got, don't you don't you besmirch Tony Khan for giving us our money's worth? Oh, he does. He does. Absolutely. Um, it's just my sleep I worry about, but it's okay. Um, so head-to-head uh, -head update, though. This is our last head-to-head -head for this section. We always do six-month uh, increments of the head-to-head -head competition. Uh, so this will be the last head-to-head -head for this one. And then when we do Money in the Bank next week, that will be the first head-to-head -head for our uh, season 2022.2 or whatever you want to call it, um, the second half of the year. So war, uh, I was going to say Warriors will reset because I looked at Warrior Wrestling Thoughts and I said that uh, records will reset. I can't talk this morning. That's good. Uh, so going into this show, 10 matches to pick. I have a record of 59 and 26. Tom has a record of 56 and 29. So a three-match difference with 10 to pick. Uh, again, we'll know here in just a little bit, have I won, which would be my first win uh, in our head-to-head our -head, uh, challenge. I've, I've won some other things against Tom, but not this. Um, thought I had last season, the last half season one, uh, with the main event uh, time on Final Battle, as I remember, and then uh, was wrong about what times we had actually written down in my head when I came down back downstairs where the desk is and looked at the piece of paper I wrote it on and was sad to see that you had won. So um, we'll see what happens here. So it's head to head AEW, New Japan, Forbidden Door, Super Show. And I believe, what did we decide, Tom? We decided you were picking first. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So um we the last two events we picked, um, we were equal on the last on the final event, even though it was a two uh two show weekend. Um and because I'm behind overall um as we enter this again. So I don't know if you stated that I apologize. You're fifty nine and twenty six, I'm fifty six and twenty nine, that three match difference. So I'll be picking first and then we'll be going back and forth. And in the next hour or so we'll see where the dust settles. And then we'll Great. see really where the dust settles come Sunday if there if there is dust to be swept up after we converse state. Welcome to housekeeping with the monkeys. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll start with the kickoff uh, show. I mean, this is a main event anywhere in the country, uh, as Rob Gray would tell us. But uh, Max Caster, Billy Gunn, Austin Gunn, and Colton Gunn uh, take on the DK the the uh, New Japan Dojo crew of the DKC, Kevin Knight. Alex Coughlin and Yuya Yumura. So you I'm gonna preface. Yeah, yeah. So before we start, even this whole thing, like, so we have to preface that, or I'm gonna at least preface. Maybe you feel differently or the same. Like the fact that there's New Japan guys here in the mix, and wrestling can be very political. The question becomes: Is you know what type of agreements are there or are there not? Right? Like, like is there does there have to be some even Steven booking throughout the course of this night? Um, and if so, where where are concessions, for lack of a better term, being made? So that may or may not influence our picks. Um, we may also be 
on the back end, you know, when we see results, because we don't know what the future holds, we're predicting them, hopefully, with the belief we're going to be right. But who knows in the end? So I start with, and again, to start with this match, right? I think that you could easily say either team could win. Caster and the boys, um, the A boys, as they've been constantly referred to on TV, which has been really fun to watch, you know, have some momentum. Having them win here, especially now that you have Billy Gunn in the mix, makes a lot of sense. However, you're bringing New Japan over, and even though these are the, the dojo boys, for lack of a better term, um, giving them the win as the good guys leading into the, the pay-per-view proper also makes a lot of sense. I I don't know which one I lean towards more in my in my heart. Um, but my head's going to say that I think AEW gets in here, not because of the New Japan guys not deserving it or not, like maybe uh, having that good feeling because they probably are the baby faces or they are the baby faces in this scenario. They are the young boys still, or they are still part of the dojo. So even though they're on the rise, I do think um, Caster and crew win to, to continue whatever momentum they're building. Yeah, I had actually written down my result for this before you made your pick. Um, and I echo a lot of what you say, because I think you can go either way on this. The kickoff shows um, often have the babyface team winning, but yet not always. We've also seen it go the other way on some of the kickoff shows, especially in AEW. Um, maybe it feels a little more predictable, but lately they haven't even been doing kickoff show matches. So um, so the buy-in here, not the kickoff, I'm sorry. Um Interesting that for some of the buy-ins, they've done like three matches and it's just pretty much, you know, like like Ring of Honor's hour one, you know, where it was, um, but that, that they're literally calling hour one of the show. Um, the buy-in sometimes has had at least two. Lately, it seems like one. Uh, yeah, this match doesn't set the world on fire, but I feel like Caster and the Guns, the crowds are enjoying them. So, you know, they're, they're heels, but yet they're kind of in the tweener role, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, yeah, I think it's Caster and the Guns that get the win here um, because I, I don't think the Chicago crowd will care enough if the dojo crew goes over. Um, so I, I think Caster and the Guns get the win. Maybe there's some sort of uh, like Austin or Colton are going to get the pin, but then Max steals it or, or Billy pulls them off so Max can get because it seems like Billy Gunn is kind of, you know, leaning more towards the acclaimed than his own sons, uh, which is a story that could play out over some time. And as Anthony Bowen seals up, uh, probably will play out more. But uh, I think Caster and the Guns win. Boy, I didn't put these in the right order because I got to make the first pick on a match that I don't want to make the first pick on. Uh, the IWGP and Ring of Honor tag team title winner take all match. Jeff Cobb and Great Ocon, the IWGP World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions versus FTR, Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler. Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions versus Rapungi Vice of Trent Beretta and Rocky Romero. Well, let me get this out of the way first. Rapungi Vice ain't winning this match, so we'll just move on from there. Um, I really thought this was going to end up in a 10-man tag, like all of these guys would end up along with Osprey and um, Aussie Open and Orange Cassidy would get added to the FTR Trent Beretta, Rocky Romero team, and we'd have ourselves a 10-man tag. I actually would have enjoyed that match more than the singles match we're getting, this triple threat tag match, I think, is going to be really good, though. 
So this part of splitting that into two matches uh, doesn't, I, I'm not as disappointed by. I like, this is a good match to me. Uh, and I think Beretta and Romero will, will hold their own. I just don't think there's any chance they're winning the IWGP World Tag Titles. Maybe they'd win the Ring of Honor World Tag Titles down the road, but I don't see them winning the IWGP one. Um, and that's, that's the, those are the belts that are making me, the IWGP belts are the ones that are making me just unsure about how I want to go on this because the Ring of Honor belts, we don't know what Ring of Honor is going to be still. We, you know, we, we've heard that maybe Death Before Dishonor is scheduled for July. That's great. Does that mean there's a TV deal coming of some sort or a streaming deal or a YouTube deal or a HBO Max? you name it, you know, everybody can speculate everything. So the Ring of Honor tag titles, I feel like you could swap those and it wouldn't matter a whole lot um, because you can always swap them back if you get TV, you know, if you if you put them on Cobb and Con and then you need to get them off of them, you could send FTR over to Japan and have them win them or send somebody else over to Japan and have them win them, have Brett and Rocky win them. The IWGP belts are a little different. I am torn between Cobb and Con and FTR. I, I literally on my sheet have C, and then I have FTR, because I started to write Cobb and O'Con, and then I started to write FTR. Um, I think this is going to be a great match. I wrote down all three letters, so I'm going to go FTR. Um, because they don't need the tag belts in Japan right now uh, for a little bit because of the G1 coming up, uh, and Cobb and O'Con are both in the G1. So I feel like this could work, and then you either have you know a team come into AEW and win those IWGP belts back, or you send FTR over to Japan, which they'd love to do, I'm sure, and uh, and have them drop them then if you need to. But I'm going to go FTR. I won't be shocked if it's Cobb and O'Connor. I'm so glad you picked FTR. And and here's why. <laughs> here's why. Because I'm going to pick Cobb and O'Connor, and I'm glad that we have a difference, but I think we have good rationale for why. I, I, I would, and I want to be really clear, I would love to see FTR, and I know they would love to have the IWGP tag team titles. Maybe they will at some point. Maybe even as early as Sunday if your pick plays itself out. I just don't see that happening here. As soon as they made this an, a winner-take-all match, it kind of threw it up for me. And, and maybe I'm wrong. Like I, But I feel like because New Japan just moved the belts to United Empire, they won't pull them here. Again, Sunday's going to prove a lot about whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong. Um, I do. We do agree that RPG... Uh, Vice is not going to win the titles here. Um, it will. It would be interesting if we do have a Death Before Dishonor show and you don't have the Ring of Honor champions on them should Cobb and O'Connor win. So, again, that's all speculation. I'm glad we have a difference of a, of a pick, and hopefully this works out in my favor. I think there's a strong... Sometimes we have a different pick, and I'm just dead set on my pick, and I'm like, no, I... I just know I'm. I feel really good about that. I don't feel really good about this. And actually, as you were talking, I was like, "Damn it, Cobb no Cobb no Cobb." So we'll see how that plays out. I think it'll be a really good match. Tom, you get the first pick on the women's world title match. Why didn't you get the easy first picks? Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm. Maybe this isn't easy. I don't know. Yeah, no, this is not easy. As I, as I shared with you before we recorded, I said there were four of the ten matches where I really felt good about the picks. That meant that, that meant there were six of the ten that I wasn't, uh, uh, and the, I mean, we've already named two of those. Even though I, you know, I, I have a high degree of confidence on that first pick, and I do like my pick on the last match, those were those were part of the six. This is also part of the six. Um, Thunder Rosa's 
title reign has been less than desirable. And I, with some of the stuff that's come out, and I think you look back to the Marina Shafir match, apparently there was something between both of them that... Oh, I noted one time Shafir suplexed her, and I mean, Rosa deadweighted her. I mean, yeah, no yeah. muscle her over. Yep, and I know they, they posted on Twitter since that time that they've hashed out whatever was going on, and clearly, you know, and, and, and we even go back to what happened right after uh, all double or nothing, uh, all double or nothing, <laughs> double or nothing that Rosa wasn't featured on Dynamite right away and, and kind of stepped away or was sent home. Either she didn't feel well or she was tr- truly ill. Again, a lots of kind of the last month for Thunder Rosa has been marred for lack of a better term. With that said, and with what you've done with Tony Storm, you being AEW have done with Tony Storm, moving the belt here makes a lot of sense to me. I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Nothing against Thunder Rosa. But if you have her beat Tony Storm here, you're you're putting Tony Storm kind of in that Ruby Soho category where like she got up quick and then you and then and then you used her as as a building block. I I feel like you could give her the belt here and it could be really, really good for the next six to eight months in AEW. I also am probably tainted a little bit by what I believe to be is like a poor attitude by Thunder Rosa. And the fact that unfortunately, in my opinion, outside of Thunder Rosa Britt Baker matches, I haven't been overly impressed. So I'm gonna roll the dice here. I'm gonna say Tony Storm wins the title. You're fucking into it, Tom. <laughs> I, I, I was I was thinking Rosa. Um, and what the heck? Let's just take this out. Um, I'll write down Rosa. I, I agree with you though. I, I don't to me. This is is one of two ways. Either Gosh, I'm gonna talk myself right out of Rosa here, but nope, I love it. I love it. This is it. Here's the thing: we have one more pick, and we could be tied. One right. more pick, and we could be tied. So let's go. Let's roll. Let's roll. Um, this is make or break for Rosa for me. If they keep the belt on her, I'm not 100 sure what you build towards, um, but they can get somebody. You know, heat him back up. You could easily heat Shafir back up if you wanted to, although. Um, is she teaming with Nyla Rose? Did I read that? Like, that's just odd. Um, I, but, and I agree with you. I think they have to be careful with Storm to not do the Ruby Soho thing, but they've also done that a couple of different times. So I'm not convinced they won't do that again because it's, you know, Tony's kind of, Tony Khan kind of has a, a habit um, and he could do it again here. Um, I'm going to stay with my pick of Rosa because I said Rosa. Um, even though, man, I'm feeling less and less. I, am I trying to tank this thing? What am I doing here? Um, the, the strategy pick is to switch to Storm, but I'm staying with Rosa because I said it. Um, the more I'm thinking about it, though, it makes me wonder if the reason this is the only AEW versus AEW match. Uh, there's no New Japan versus New Japan matches. It's the only one that doesn't have somebody from both companies. Uh, I guess with the exception of maybe the Sabre match, which we'll talk about a little bit because we don't know who that person is. But um, as announced, this is the only non-interpromotional match. And maybe the reason they did it is because you got to get the belts off Rosa because you're, you know, there seems to be some backstage angst there between Rosa and AEW. Um, but you don't have to do that at Forbidden Door either. You could have done it on Dynamite if that was the the point too. So 
I'm going to stay with Rosa and feel totally unsure about what I'm saying. Um, I literally wrote Rosa, crossed it out, wrote Sam, crossed it out, wrote Rosa. Um, so I love this show already and the fact that I don't know what's going to happen. The next match, the Dudes with Attitudes. I love the WCW reference. Darby Allen, Sting, who of course was one of the Dudes with Attitudes back in WCW. Uh, Romu Takahashi and Shingo Takagi. So let me stop you there. Who, who, to, so to me, I, I I know the two dudes with attitudes, but you said the dudes with attitudes. So we are. I think we're thinking of two different things. Who? So Sting and who are the dudes with attitudes? The dudes with attitudes were Sting, Junkyard Dog. Uh, I want to say Paul Orndorff. Okay. Is in the dudes? Are you are you thinking of the dynamic dudes, Johnny Ace and? Uh, I'm she not. Well, I'm thinking of 95, 96, late 95, Shawn Michaels and Diesel as the two dudes with attitudes. And they were called the two dudes with attitudes, uh, which was a takeoff from the uh, the 1990 dudes with attitudes. Uh, so I just pulled it up. Uh, they fought at the Great American Bash 1990 against the Four Horsemen. Uh, it was El Gigante, Lex Luger, Paul Orndorff, the Steiners, Sting, and the Junkyard Dog. Nice. Okay, that's a big faction. That was a big, yeah, especially for one show. Um, but uh, so Sting, a part of those. Uh, man, what a team that is. Darby, Sting, Hiromu, and Shingo. Goodness. He could take on Hikuleo, El Fantasmo, and the Young Bucks, the new AEW World Tag Team Champions. This is going to be crazy. Um, Shingo and Hikuleo will just beat the tar out of each other. Sting will get a couple of cheery, you know, big pop spots. Um, you can also protect Sting in an eight-man. Sting will probably jump off something really high because he's Sting and he thinks he's Jeff Hardy. He needs to stop. He's worrying me. Um, but I think Darby's team wins this match. I I just don't. I could see the Bucks winning, but I don't know who they pin out of those four. Um, I, I see Darby probably getting the pin. Probably on Phantasmo would be my guess. He seems the most likely to take that fall. Um, but I think this is going to be really good. I think it'll be a fun eight-man. It's kind of one of those inter-promotional, you know, a couple of guys from this company team up with a couple of guys from that company versus they did this in the uh, NOAA and in, in New Japan show that they did around Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I, I think this would be really fun, though. I have Darby's team winning. Yeah, I also have Darby's team winning too. I think that makes the most sense. Um, also, because you've got Sting in the mix. I, I mean, I don't think that Sting's Sting on a team is immune from losing, but I don't think you want to maybe do that here. I, I know we talked about that a number of times. And I think there's some certain talents in AEW that if you ever gonna, are going to have that be part of a losing effort, it needs to be part of a bigger story. That isn't the case here for this, um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I feel bad in a way um, because I, I think that Shingo is a superstar. Um, I hope I'm not alone in that belief. And, however, like it, the, no, the addition of it. right, the, the addition of him here in this space kind of makes him less than that. Um, at, at least I think from a perception standpoint, uh, I would I actually would love to see either him or Hiromu get a pin on the Bucks. Even though I, I like Darby getting the pin because I, I think they have to rebuild Darby, and I think they're slowly doing that after the O'Reilly loss. Um, only selfishly because then I would hope that we would get the Young Bucks versus Shingo and Hiromu on Wednesday at Dynamite, which I'll be live for. So, <laughs> so selfishness aside, um, yeah, Darby's team does definitely gets the win, and yeah, Darby Darby pinning 
um, Phantasmo does make a lot of sense. Unless somehow, some way, you're going to have Darby and someone other than Sting challenge for the Young Bucks. I just don't know who that might be. Or do you have Darby and Sting challenge the Young Bucks? I, I've been seeing that coming for a while, Darby and Sting getting a tag title shot. Um, I, I hope it doesn't mean Darby and Sting win the tag title. So. Um, I, look, if Hiromu and Shingo get a tag title shot on a Wednesday, I will be insanely jealous of you that you get blood and guts and that. Um, that will be that would be crazy, um, but I would love it. Absolutely love it. That would be a tag match. I would sign me up. I I like Romo and Chingo a lot. Uh, I think both are stars, so that would be really cool. Tom, you get the first pick in a match that we don't know who's going to be there. Zack Saber Jr. versus Brian Danielson's handpicked opponent, who Danielson said would be both taking on Zack Saber Jr. and be taking a spot in Blood and Guts. Two minutes later, John Moxley said. He, Kingston, Santana, Ortiz, and Utah would be in Blood and Guts. So I'm very confused. Oh, that this person is in Blood and Guts. I wonder if the Mox promo was pre-taped. Probably was. So that's so that's super interesting. Um, and I and I thought too, like, why why isn't this Wheeler Yuta? Right? It made a lot of sense. But in, Yuta is involved in another match that we'll be picking here shortly. Right. I I also heard on commentary, I believe, and I don't know if you're up to this point in what you've watched yet that this person will also be part of the Blackpool Combat Club going forward. So they'll be adding to their ranks. So so not only are they Danielson's handpicked opponent for Saber, they're also potentially joining Blood and Guts, depending on who you listen to, but then they'll also be part of Blackpool Combat Club in an ongoing way. So all of those kind of like unknowns or like what-ifs or hypotheticals make you go, wow, then who really could this be? Um, we're going to just name, for lack of a better term, not speculate out of our, out of our minds, which I'm sure we could, the big names that have been bantered about in groups that we're a part of, uh, in the last 24 hours, not even 24 hours, 12 hours have been Jonathan Gresham from a technical standpoint, makes a lot of sense. And, uh, the former Cesaro Claudio Castagnoli or whatever he'll be known as. I hope it's Claudio. I think he fits perfectly in the Blackpool combat club. I think that him versus Sabre could be an amazing match. And Brian Danielson in the ring last night said, this will not disappoint. So for him to go out there and speak that into the mic and kind of say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hype this up if I didn't believe it to be true. Again, it, either of the names, as I mentioned, it could easily be that. I think from a from a though a pop standpoint and, a, and an awareness standpoint, Gresham doesn't have the name or the visual that Cesaro does or Claudio does, whatever we call him. So that's why I think it has to be him. I love I, furthering that. I love the idea of him being part of Blackpool Combat Club. I love the idea of him being in Blood and Guts. I love the idea of him and Jake Hager squaring off because of their past history. So those are just quick quick hits for me. So I'm going to pick TBA here. Uh, I'm not going to say that it will definitely will be Cesaro, but I'm going to pick TBA. Um, I think that makes the most sense, especially if that person is going to be in um, AEW more long term. Yeah, and especially if they're going to be in Blood and Guts on Wednesday, I don't think you want someone you're debuting uh, apparently on Sunday, most likely, uh, to lose here before they go into Blood and Guts. Um, so I'm I'm picking TBA as well. I I think it's Cesaro as well or Claudio, um, Gresham. From the technical side, yes, sign me up. Saber Gresham, absolutely, that would be phenomenal. I think it has happened once or twice, but um, that would be phenomenal. You know, the blood and guts part, uh, not as much. 
Gresham in there with um, now Gresham Daniel Garcia. That'd be really fun. Um, Gresham in there with Hager is going to look like Mighty Mouse um, because Gresham is not a big guy. Uh, that would be weird. And I don't see Gresham in Blackpool Combat Club because he has the foundation. Now they don't have to stay with that. But I also think if Ring of Honor is going to run and if if, if it's going to start here in July or something like that, like he's got to be your your cornerstone in Ring of Honor. And I don't think you want him in AEW too. Like, I think once you start running Ring of Honor, you need to really watch your bleed over. Right now, it's not a bad idea because it's the only TV you got and you need to get a little bit of, of shine. And I think it's been really interesting that Gresham hasn't been a part of that. That the tag titles, the women's title, and the um, TV pure. title have been the and real pure, focus. Pure a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, Wheeler, you just got it. And and they mentioned that, but he hasn't defended it. Um they did have a pure rules match on dark this week. He, not he, involving he, he did defend on one of the dark shows. Oh, that's he right. He did, against yeah. Josh Woods, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but it hasn't been featured nearly as much. Now he was gone for best of super juniors too. So there, there is that, but you know, the tag titles, the way the women's title had been for a little bit defended on dark almost every week. Now she's teaming with Serena Deeb, which is annoying me from the fantasy wrestling standpoint, because it's only two points for her wins instead of, you know, eight or whatever it is for the title defense. Um, Again, we talk about our family, fantasy wrestling league on here probably more than we should, but it's a thing. Um, no, it, it, the, the it, people are missing out, Jim. That's why we talk yeah, about yeah, it. Absolutely. You should join. Um, we just did our draft for the next six months, but sorry, you should join in December. Um, you know, they, then they focused on the TV title, obviously, a lot, too. They had the promo with Jay Lethal um, and Satin Singh and, and Sanjay Dutt um, here, here on Wednesday night as well last night, so... Anyways, I, I just, it's been interesting that Gresham hasn't been part of that. So I, there's like that little bit that makes me go, well, maybe he would be because you want to get the Ring of Honor World Champion some exposure. But I just don't think it makes as much sense. So I'm going TBA and I'm guessing it's Cesaro as well. Maybe they'll surprise us. It's Chris Hero. No, I've been saying that for like four years. It's never happened. So it's not Chris Hero, I don't think. Um, he will be in Chicago. He's doing a meet and greet at Warrior. That's true. <laughs> I, at least I'm not the one that said it this time. I used to Actually, be the big, biggest Chris Hero homer there was. So, oh, uh, and, and yeah, I am too. But I'm right there with you. I think. But uh, looking at the Warrior Wrestling card, it's Beast Man. That's who it is. Beast Man is coming in for this show. Um, Beast Man actually is not bad. Uh, the IWGP US Title Match. Man, I'm disappointed by this match. Will Osprey defends against Orange Cassidy. It's going to be good. Orange Cassidy can go. He can, and and he'll do his goofy stuff for a little bit, and then. And then he'll kick it into gear, and then it'll be a pretty darn good match by the end of it. Um, and he's going to get some hope spots, but there is no chance on God's green earth that Orange Cassidy winning the IWGP US title on Sunday. It's not happening. My pick, Will Ospreay. I, again, I I would have preferred the 10-man to this for whatever reason, which is odd, because normally I prefer title matches to be one-on-one, -on -one, and that wouldn't have been a title match. But I prefer one-on-one -on -one matches, title matches, more than 10-man kind of get everybody on the card matches, which obviously we've got a few of those on this show. Um, I get them. I understand why they happen, but this just doesn't excite me. Now, maybe by the end of the match, I'll be like, you know what? That was actually really good. Um, but literally, this is probably my 10 if I put um, picks on everything, because I don't think, you again, you just put the U.S. title on Osprey. You've got Juice Robinson, who still has physical possession of the belt, and he's not willing to give it back. So there's obviously a storyline going there. You're going to eventually have a Juice versus Will Ospreay match. You're not 
you're not going to have a juice versus juice match. There's a terrible pun. Um, so uh, Osprey wins this, but and it'll be good. Osprey's going to look like a million bucks because he's Will Osprey, and and Cassidy will more than hold his own because he's Cassidy. But yeah, this is whatever for me. I, my my picks will too. It's it's the easiest match in my opinion of this whole card to pick. Um, so I heard you say you were disappointed, and then you and and then you continued on. Was there anything more, like was it just if, if it was someone other than Orange Cassidy would that change your opinion? And if so, who? Yes, I think Will Ospreay in a singles, a big singles match makes a lot of sense on this show because you you did lose CM Punk, you did lose Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, excuse me. Um, you know, there was a lot of question about Adam Cole for a little bit because of an injury there. Uh, was Okada going to work this show? So I think Osprey being in a big singles match makes a lot of sense. I think Osprey versus Page or Cole would have been really good. I think Osprey, I think Osprey versus Eddie Kingston would have been really good. I'm not quite sure how you get there. Um, but I think that could have been really good. Uh, Osprey Darby would have been just kind of looking through people on the show. Osprey Darby. Um, I You could run Osprey Dax Hardwood back and I wouldn't have been upset about it. It wouldn't have made a lot of sense. But Dax Hardwood to me has become, I, I, I know he's a huge Bret Hart fan. And that's kind of what I akin him to. He's the guy you can put in there before Bret Hart made his ascension to the world title rank. And I'm not sure Dax will ever make that. Maybe he will. But he's the guy that... Before Brett made that, you could always put Brett in there and he was going to have a great match with whoever he put him in there with. And Dax Harwood is that guy in AEW for me. Dax gets a singles match and I'm like, I'm in. Like, let's do this. And I love FTR too. But um, you could run that back. Um, Will Ospreay versus any one of the three guys who are in the All-Atlantic title decision match from AEW, Pac, Miro, or Malachi. Would have loved any of that. I mean, yeah, I just, Orange Cassidy is a okay character, but this feels a little too big for him. Okay. And, and uh, I respect that opinion. I see, I go back to orange Cassidy Pac, and I think about how they blew the doors off. Right. right. And so that's why I think this makes a lot of sense. Also orange hadn't been around for a while. Um, and so even though he's coming back and he's fresher of everybody else that you named, I freshly feel like orange, squeezed, <laughs> freshly squeezed. He, he, he can take a freshly squeezed loss without, without it, with, without it hurting him in my opinion. So, so again, you're you're taking Osprey as well. Yep, absolutely. Yep. We move on to a uh, kind of seems hodgepodge six man, and yet it's going to be really fun. I think. Uh, interested to hear your pick first here, Tom. Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Yuta, and Shota Umino versus Chris Jericho, Minoru Suzuki, and Jericho's newest member of the Jericho Appreciation Society, Sammy Guevara. Who I personally I didn't know 100 percent it was Sammy until Jericho put his arm around him last week. Uh, when when Sammy came out as Fuego, but I knew it wasn't Fuego because the mask was undone in the back, so it's very clear that mask was going to come off at some point. Um, but anyways, Sammy Jericho and Minoru Suzuki, these just are weird teams to me. But I think it'll be fun. Who do you think's winning the match though? Yeah, this is going to be fun, and I know you're going to still watch the rest of that. There's a lot of fun interaction with all six of these guys at the end of the show, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, I'm going to pick Jericho's crew here. Um, I think that, you know, Shota, even though he's elevating and rising, is the one person that I think is safe enough to take a pinfall or be the person that loses here. Uh, also, and I think it puts then um, more steam on Jericho, Appreciation Society, collectively building towards blood and guts. It, it makes you, it makes me as a fan go, all right, Kingston needs to get, really needs to get uh, revenge on Wednesday. So the easiest way to do that is to have, have Jericho's crew win. 
I agree. Jericho screw wins. Uh, Umino seems the guy to take the pinfall in this match. Uh, sometimes in New Japan, six and eight man tags, you can look at it and you're like, oh, there's the guy who's in there to take the pinfall. And that's what I see in this match. I'm like, oh, there he is. Um, so therefore, Jericho's match, Jericho's team wins. I think as well, Jericho is. Uh, uh, Jericho's team is building towards blood and guts. It could be six on six. It doesn't have to be five on five anymore because they've added Sammy Guevara, Jericho Appreciation Society. That's where our TBA gets into blood and guts along with Eddie Santana Ortiz, uh, Mox, and Yuta. There it is. It's going to be six on six, Tom. I bet that's what it is. I just all of a sudden, I'm like, Chris Jericho and Sammy are moving towards blood and guts. And I'm like, oh, wait, there's six of them now. Sammy um, is the sixth man. Yeah. Yep. So they probably go six on six. That that at least helps me understand. Because uh, I was half expecting to read that like Santana Ortiz got taken out on Wednesday night. Um, and since they're not on the show Sunday, not that they couldn't still do an angle. Um, I kind of expected one of them to get taken out of it. And that's why Danielson's handpicked guy would be in there. But there there it is. Kabara joined. So they now they go six on. Breaking news on two spot monkeys. We just figured out AEW's booking because they were not clear in their own telling of it. Um, at least for me, they were. Um, but the one time we did math and it worked out well. <laughs> right, absolutely, because we are not known for that on this show. Uh, Jericho, and I and I think Jericho probably gets to win. I think he's probably the one who gets the pinball. Could be any one of the three. I would bet Jericho or Sammy, though, gets to pin. Not that we picked that necessarily, but it's sometimes interesting. I, I could see Jericho pinning Kingston, though, too, after some shenanigans of some sort, even though Umino seems the obvious one to take the pinball. Building towards blood and guts, I could, could see that if there's some sort of a chair shot or something like that, that and then Jericho can crow about how he pinned Kingston and why do we even do blood and guts because I've already beat him. Um, and and one, more, that. one more thing I didn't mention just that I'm excited for, and I hope we get a good dose of it is Kingston Suzuki interaction. Yes. That, that, yeah. Sign me up. You guys that just don't give up. Mm. Um, so uh, the AW all Atlantic title decision match, because we needed one more title um, in the men's division. Right. And we still have trios titles to come too. To come, right? And who knows? Maybe there'll be women's tag titles too. And who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um, you get a belt. You get a belt. You get a belt. It's Oprah. Um, Pac versus Miro versus Ishii versus Malachi Black. Holy smokes! This is gonna rock. Like there's four incredibly talented guys um, who I'm a fan of. All four of these guys. I mean, Ishii is still really good, even though he's like 98 years old. I think now. Um, he's still tough as nails. A little disappointing to me, the four-person kind of mini tournament, I guess, lack of a better word, that New Japan did to determine who was in this for them. I mean, it was just screaming Ishii. You had Ishii, you had Honma, you had Clark Connors, and you had who'd Honma beat? Somebody else that I didn't care about. Um, I don't even remember now off the top of my head who it was. But, um, I mean, it was just obvious it was Ishii. Although I will admit, as I was reading the match report from Ishii versus Connors, there was a split second where I thought, oh, crap, are they going to put Clark Connors into this thing? Um, which would have been interesting, but um, I it seemed obvious it was Ishii. I would have loved to have seen Shingo in this spot. Um, and I think you or Rob or somebody had brought that up in our friends group. Um, I love this match. I'd love it even more if Shingo was in Ishii's spot, but it is what it is. Um, that's right. Uh, Net just reminded uh, Honma beat uh, Yoshinobu Kenmaru. Uh, 
yeah, he wasn't going to be in this singles match. Come on now. <laughs> so uh, I I can go a couple of different ways. I don't think Ishii wins this match. I just don't necessarily see him as the AEW All-Atlantic title match, um, especially, again, with the G1 coming. So he's going to be busy in, in July over in Japan. Um, and I think you want this title featured a little bit here as you first introduce it. Uh, I, I could pick any one of those three guys. I really could because they're all super talented. They all deserve single titles runs at some point. I could see them all winning this title down the road at some point. But I think you put it on Miro. Um, and Miro's TNT title run was really good and I think may have been cut short. I feel like they ended it a little sooner than they needed to. Um, and, and so if they're going to put a belt on Miro, I'm glad it's not the TNT one. Since you have Wardlow headed that direction, it appears. Um, I I think it's Miro here. I think you're reestablishing Miro as one of those top guys. I think Miro is probably the one who establishes this belt the best. Um, Pac has been in a lot of trios. Malachi Black has just not been elevated to the level that I think Malachi Black needs to get to. Um, he and Penta had a great match last night on Dynamite. Loved it. Um, Love both of those guys, so I'm not shocked. But uh, I'm... I would go, I'm going to go Miro on this one. Yeah, we have the same pick too. I'm going to go Miro. I kind of thought from the start with him being one of the qualifiers, I was like, this is kind of set for him to be reestablished in AEW after a long absence. I think what he was gone from November until just about, I don't know, three or four weeks ago. I think he came back in the, at the LA show, June 3rd. So yeah, this um, this is going to be like probably arguably potentially the best match on the on the whole card which uh, on, a, on a card with with matches the, a lot of matches you would say that about this one stands out for me um so yeah so miro miro winning and miro pinning ishii to win the title makes a lot of sense because then you still have pack and malachi black potentially as challengers who haven't who have a stake you know yeah no that that makes sense for ishii to take the fall in there too um be fun if they did this elimination style but it doesn't seem like um, and the show is going to be long enough, so maybe that's not what I want to actually see. Um, also, it would be fun if it was elimination style for the IWGP World Heavyweight title match. Jay White defends versus Kazushiko Okada, Adam Page, and Adam Cole. Holy stars in this one. Uh, you had a tag team match that you were pretty sure this was headed towards. I think we talked about it last week. And uh, you, you crowed about it just a little bit last night when it seemed like that was being teased. And then you had to eat some humble pie, as you posted in our friends group as well, when uh, it came out that, nope, it wasn't going to be a tag. It's now a fatal four-way. Uh, you get the first pick on this one, Tom. Who's winning the IWGP World Heavyweight title? Yeah, Jay White retains, uh, again, similar to how we talked about with, or my at least I talked about with Cobb and O'Conn, having just moved the belt. Um, I don't think you move it back here to anyone. Um, if you were, it would be Okada, but I don't think you'd do that. Uh, because he's the one that Jay White just beat. Um, and I also see Okada being the one that takes the pinfall. If I'm wrong, if it's if it's Paige or Cole, I think that hurt hurts them to an extent in the AEW. Um, and it doesn't ever give you reason to have them uh, you know, interact with Jay White down the road with in a tangible way. Um, it's gonna, this is also gonna be pretty amazing. Uh, it's amazing on paper. Wait till you wait till you watch Adam Page and Silas Young on Wednesday. Um just, 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 it's, it was an interesting spot that they put Paige in because of his opponent and because of where it was being held. Um, and I don't, and I, so I don't, I don't know what's going to come next for both Paige and Cole in AEW post Forbidden Door. I don't know if this match gives us any indication, um, but yeah. 
I think it's possible Paige and Cole have their have a feud, have rekindle a feud. I think it's possible at least. Uh, I, I also think the really outside chance that we would see Kenny Omega somewhere around this match. Um, I, I don't know where he's at in his recovery. Uh, it's been really radio silent. Sean Rassap has said he'll have an update on that soon, so maybe we'll have more info on that. Um, but uh, if if Omega was going to show up, this seems the most likely spot, although you could do it in the interim AEW title match as well. Um, but I, I don't know. Um, to go to my pick, though, uh, Jay White. Jay White's going to retain the title. They just put it on him. There's no sense of moving it off him, especially on a non-New Japan show. Um, I I think White could have a really lengthy run. I, I think he definitely keeps it at least till Wrestle Kingdom. I, I don't see him losing it here in the second half, barring injury or something. Um, something unforeseen. I don't see him losing it the second half of this year. Um, and then you have, you know, potentially the G1 winner and he at Wrestle Kingdom. Is that Okada again? Maybe. Um, you know, is it somebody else? I don't know. Maybe it's Jonah. I hope. That'd be really cool. I'd actually love that, but I don't see Jonah winning G1 in his first year. Um, again, I do have to say, um, you and I say this every year. Uh, I would love to watch the G1. It's got a lot of matchups I really want to see, and I have zero idea when I would have the time to do that. So, he White wins this match. So, we come down, Tom. To the last match. And you have a decision to make, basically. Based on what I say, even if you believe that what I say is true, you either concede and make the same pick, and then I win, or you have to go the other direction, and we need a tiebreaker, potentially, if one of us were to go 3-0 and in our difference picks. So this is interesting that it's worked out this way. And, and i got to be honest, I have gone back and forth on this match the entire time we've been talking. Um I had in my head what I thought was going to happen. And then I'm like, but would they really do that? The G1 plays into this for me a lot. Um, anyways, it's the interim AEW world title match between John Moxley and Hiroshi Tanahashi. I almost said Hiromu Tanahashi. I don't know who that is. Um, it's it's Elias Ezekiel. It's his little brother with a beard. Um, so I'm going to talk through this. And we're going to see where my pick lands because I honestly don't know right now, Tom. Um, my initial thought when this happened was Hiroshi Tanahashi would win the interim title and eventually we'd get to Tanahashi Punk, uh, which was originally the main event of this show. Uh, Moxley Tanahashi has been something that's been built. It's, it's almost happened a number of times. I don't know that it ever actually happened. I'd have to look that up. Um, but it's been built a number of times and it had to be missed due to injuries and things happening. Um, so Mox and Tanahashi, I think they have met before. But finally get this match for the AEW world title. Uh, interim AEW world title. I can make an argument for why you wouldn't want to put it on each of them. Tanahashi has the G1. So AEW may not want to send their interim world champion where he's going to take some losses. Tanahashi will do fine in the G1. I'd have to look at his block, whether I he, think he's got a shot to be in the semifinals. He, he certainly would be a potential to have to be in the semifinals, win his block. Um, he's got that shot every time. But he's going to take some losses. So do you want your interim champion taking some losses in the G1? Um, and on the flip side, John Moxley still has blood and guts coming up. Um, and how does that play out? Do you put your interim world champion into blood and guts right away on Wednesday night? Um, 
so I thought Tanahashi. I, I, I do wonder the amount of time that Punk is out uh, could play into this. And there's never been a really good, they hope a few months is all I've ever read. Um, so I've never heard a good uh, time frame on Punk. Um, Annette says, no way in heck Moxley loses, uh, which I expect that pick from Annette. Um, she is the biggest John Moxley fan um, that is out there. So I'm going back and forth. And the G1 is now making me uh, more worried about my original thought. So I'm going to take Mox, uh, which was not where I was a week ago on this match. But I hadn't I hadn't factored in the G1. And as we've talked about the G1 more uh, today, it's, it's made me second guess myself. So now the question is, Tom, I know at one point you were thinking Tanahashi, so I may have just set you up. Um, are you still going Tanahashi? I want this to go down to the wire. So I am going to pick Tanahashi without a doubt. So we're going to have to, so are we going to, so are, before, before I talk more about that and I want to build on a lot of what you said, are we going to do um, time in this match as our tiebreaker? Should it be necessary? Most sense. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. It does. Because I believe this is the main event on, on Sunday night. Yes, they, so, they've called it that anyways. Okay. Um, do I get to pick that first since I just picked Tanahashi as well? Sure. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say, oh, let's see here. Uh, 22 minutes and 36 seconds. Okay. And are we saying closest without going over or simply closest? Um. Let's say closest without going over. Without going over. Yeah. Unless we both go over and it's only 16 minutes and then we'll just go close. Yeah. Um, do you want me to make my time pick now or do you want to talk about why you think Tanahashi? Well, well, I, you, I'll give you time to think about your time pick while okay. I talk. So, so I, <laughs> I was like, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's on the fly, right? Cause we didn't know we were going to find our, find ourselves here. And I would, I would rather come down to the wire, which I'm glad that we're doing. Um, even though this might not be my head pick, this is my heart pick. Um, but, but you made great points because I think the story the whole time was Tanahashi punk. And I think punk would have won here if, if he hadn't been injured. hundred percent. Yep. hundred percent. How committed, the question that I ask is how committed was New Japan and or Tony Khan to giving us Tanahashi Punk? And do we need Tanahashi to be the interim champion to get us to that point? I don't know that the answer is yes or no. We're going to find out Sunday for sure. The G1 does have a big factor in this. Also, the Tanahashi being away for the G1 as your interim champion, is that what you want to do? Or do they have something else up their sleeve where they're going to focus on something else? I don't think Mox, if he wins, being the champion and going right into Blood and Guts, makes a difference. I want to be really clear. That's my opinion on that is, is what it is. Here's the block that Tanahashi's in. Naito, Aaron Hanare, Evil, Hiroki Goto, Zack Sabre Jr., and Kenta. So he could easily sweep that or only lose to Naito. All yes, and or the other thing too is if he does come out of this with a championship and they don't want him to take pinfall losses, which I don't know that they would. You know, I think I think Tony Khan's smart enough to go. Well, anything can happen in the G one, and if and if that talent loses, they earn a title shot, right? Like it's not a title match, but by by virtue of the victory, let's say it's Kenta, for example, Kenta gets an interim title shot. Um, 
I, if you had gone Tanahashi, I would have been very happy picking Mox because you picked Mox. I'm very happy going Tanahashi because I want this to go down to the wire. Um, I, I do think, like, I, I don't think that I will pick the same way in our fantasy league pickums because I do, I do think there's a greater chance that Mox comes out with the title because of the connectivity of having the interim champion visibly present on your product over the summer. All of that being said, I don't think it's a bad move if they do put the belt on Tanahashi. And for the for the sake of our competition, I definitely want him to win now. I just had an interesting thought. So here's before I make my time pick. Could you go Tanahashi? I, I don't this is like way fantasy booking. I don't think this would happen. Tanahashi wins the G1. And let's say Punk has to miss the rest of the year. Tanahashi versus Jay White at Wrestle Kingdom, winner take all. Winner goes on to face CM Punk. You get Jay White, CM Punk. That would be really interesting. Um, you went a different direction than I thought you were going to go. I, that that's a crazy that's a crazy idea. I like I, I like the idea of it. You know, that's like definitely like you know, it's a nine month story I, and a nine nine month build. Um, I was gonna. I thought you were gonna say Tanahashi wins. wins. But he loses before he goes back to Japan. No, well, that also could, you know, he he could he could very easily defend the title on Wednesday, Wednesday, and lose it. I don't know that I'd play hot potato with it quite so much, but Tony Khan's done that before with other belts, not the world title as much. Yeah. Um, the yeah. TNT title was, you know, flaming hot hot potato there for a little bit. Um, so it'll be interesting. So uh, I I I want to go right around your twenty two. Because I think that's a, a good um, time frame. Um, because they haven't had a lot of, other than the hour draws, they haven't had a lot of, I don't feel like they've had a lot of like 30 plus minute AEW world title matches. But they've definitely gone over 20. I don't see it going under 20 unless they're, um, depending on their time situation on like, if they're on regular paper, you're not. I don't know that they are. Um, you know, sometimes that plays in. And that happened with the Jonathan Gresham Jay Lethal match. Uh, back in final battle last time, so it'd be really funny if that screwed me again. Um, but I'm gonna just go a little more than than yours, and I'm gonna go uh, 23 minutes and 42 seconds. Nice. Um, it's probably dumb for me to go higher, but uh, so if I get one of these three matches right, this doesn't matter. I yep. yep. Um, but the three matches we have difference. You have Jeff Cobb and Great Okan. I have FTR. You have Tony Storm, I have Thunder Rosa, and you have Tanahashi, I have Mox. Uh, so here's hoping I was right on just one of those. That's all I need, just one. Um, if I really screw the pooch, then it comes down to the time frames. So, well, and how awesome is it that the previous six months before this venture came down to a tiebreaker? This has the potential to come down to a tiebreaker. If nothing else, Jim, like I just think that our competition has gotten much better in the last year, calendar year. So I'm just so grateful that we have the opportunity to do this, and it's been a lot of fun. Absolutely, it has been, and, and Sunday it's going to be a lot of fun. Tom, you're thinking about going to the theater. I know you said there's a theater near you showing it. Um, I haven't looked to see if there's a theater near me, but I think I'm just going to order it. Um, although <laughs> the idea that it's 25 bucks at the theater versus 50 bucks to order pay per view does make me wonder. Although if I bought $25 worth of popcorn and pop, you know, it's probably 50 bucks anyway. So, and that's for the small. So, um, <laughs> so who knows? Um, I'll have to look and see if there's one near me. It'd be interesting 
I've wanted to do that sometime to go to a theater and see what that atmosphere is like for a wrestling show on the screen. The last time I would have done that was WrestleMania four when it was closed circuit. And and that was fun, but I was also like, you know, nine or something at that point. So what's it like as a 44 year old guy? Um, I don't know. Be interesting. Um, Quick, quick question that I know we got to get out of here. Scale of one to 10. How are you feeling about, are you excited about the show? Where are you on a scale of one to 10 for the show? Yeah, so you 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 called out a good comment I made about a week ago that I and I'm forgetting I don't have the right verbiage in front of me, but I felt like the build for this show was was chaotic and, and clustery. I feel better about that statement after last night when and it's still a it's still a really weird card how it's all come together. However, that's kind of how AEW has been. I will say this as I watched that watching down in my go, I'm so excited, and I said this earlier. I can't wait for this build to be done and for them to get back to normal storytelling because this has just been too busy for my liking. Not that I'm saying that the New Japan relationship is going to go away, but like having whatever happens Sunday be what it is, having it like go, okay, we're going to put you on the shelf. We're not done, but we're going to come back to you and revisit you. I'll get it. Here's my analogy. It's like a good bottle of bourbon. I like bourbon. You know, when you open up a bottle, you pour a glass, but it's delicious. You don't finish the bottle that night. You put it back. You keep it in your liquor cabinet. You come back to it and you want to have a great night. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm I'm going to probably a seven, six oh, or seven. You asked me for a number. I'm sorry. I gave you a completely different analogy to answer your question. <laughs> That's okay. A good bottle of bourbon sounded like a seven or eight. It's an eight. I was going to say, I, I definitely add an eight. Yeah, probably a seven. Um, so right there with you. Um, there are a couple of matches that I think are just going to be bangers and really, really fun, and actually probably more than more than not. Um, and a couple of matches where I'm like, well, that'll be fine. Nothing on here makes me go like, like I'm not excited about Osprey Cassidy, but I also know it'll be fine. There's nothing that I look at and go, oh, that's going to be just good. Why, why do I have to watch that on Sunday? Um, and to be fair, AEW very often does not have those matches. So. I imagine if you were saying that about anything on the card, you wouldn't be spending your hard-earned money to to watch it. Right. Or at least if I was saying that about anything more than about one match on it, I would say, well, there's got to be another way I can follow these results. So that is our show for today. Um, We'll have a lot to catch up on next week. We will. And it's going to be a late-night show. So uh, if you're up in the later evening, we'll look for it on our YouTube page. Uh, We'll be streaming live, as always. And... uh, talking about this show. We're going to be talking about Money in the Bank. Tom will have just be coming home or back to his undisclosed location, uh, as we always say, from GCW. So we'll have some really fresh GCW thoughts from that show. Um, And and who knows what else, because this has just been the craziest last month, a month and a half in pro wrestling uh, that I can remember in quite some time. So there could be like nine other big stories break between now and next Thursday. And uh, we could be talking until three in the morning and Let's not do that. We both have to get up the next morning. But everybody have a safe week. Enjoy uh, Forbidden Door. Enjoy Warrior Wrestling if you're going to check that out. Enjoy whatever. As I said last week, as Ian Riccoboni would say, happy wrestling, copyright Ian Riccoboni. Um, or Ring of Honor. I don't know who. Uh, have a great one, though. We'll see you next week. <laughs>